Today, we're chatting with the founder of Devour Sweets about what it takes to succeed as a first-generation entrepreneur, one brownie at a time. You do not want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shattered Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got a really cool, interesting interview on the way. But before we get there, quick update as always on the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Whether you found it from the Yahoo article last year or the USA Today article this year or the Forbes article this year or whether a friend told you about it or you just heard about it through this podcast or some other way, uh, whoever you are, wherever you heard about it, thank you so, so much for purchasing the book. Thank you for giving your feedback. Thank you to anyone who left a five-star rave review or to anyone that emailed me letting me know how you're using the content and how you're liking it. And of course, also thank you to all the YouTube subscribers that are checking out the content in that format. If you want to check out the book or the YouTube channel, well, the book is available on Amazon by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward to the listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook. Or of course, again, the YouTube channel, if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's youtube.com slash Cap. With that said, let's dive straight into today's interview. I'm going to switch mics and we're going to have a good conversation with Kat. All right. I'm super pumped for today's guest. This is going to be a really interesting one. Uh, Katarina Alshire, actually, uh, she's been selling chocolate for a lot longer than most people. In fact, <laughs> when she was six years old, the day after Halloween, she went to selling her candy. And since then, I guess there's been a, it's always been in her to do that. Right now, she's a 23-year-old entrepreneur, first generation. And she's the founder of Devour Sweets. And I'm looking forward to just really diving in and, and picking her brain and seeing where this um, this awesome tendency to, to do this came from and how she's so seamlessly pretty much transitioned into what she's doing right now and serving so many people. So with that said, Katarina, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Shattered a Mold. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, let's let's dive in first. Like here, you're six years old, and where most kids are just like, you know what, I'm just gonna eat all this candy. You're like, nah, I'm gonna go sell it instead. Like, do, do you remember how that kind of even like popped into your mind that you were gonna do that instead? You know, I think it's something that's always been natural because I have fun trick or treating. Don't get me wrong, but I just never. I had my favorite candy, but I just never had a big sweet tooth that would finish the whole basket. So I'm like, it was just an instinct to get rid of it, to sell it. <laughs> so, Impulse for a dollar. So, and, yeah. and how'd that go when you were first selling at six years old? Were, people, were there people buying it up? Yes. And I don't know, it was probably a mix of just being nice and... I mean, I would sell it to my little brother. <laughs> like, I just didn't care. Easy access. And go where the customers are, right next door, right? Exa exactly. Any adult that I saw, any kid, my own brother, <laughs> I just didn't nice. care. But I think it's always been something natural for me. Mm -hmm. it was, it's like instinct. And I think those are those purebreds, if you will, those purebred entrepreneurs that you hear story after story about that selling 
they're selling their candy, selling baseball cards, and yeah. it's just... It's like the thing that made them happy as a kid, they just carry over into being an adult because it fills them with passion and joy and helps exactly. fuel their entrepreneurial journey. Exactly. Mm, I love it. I love it. So just, to, I mean, obviously you're the founder of Devour Suites. Like what is your level mm-hmm. of involvement on the company? Are you, um, is it, is it very kind of like, is it, is it a large team? Is it a small team? Are you doing some of the shipping? Are you just doing some of the baking? Like where do you fit into the mix and, and who mm-hmm. else is involved in it with you? As of right now, I am the baker, I am the UPS person, I am the social media manager, I am the photographer, I am the, what else would you want to call it? I'm the poster queen, if you will, brownie queen. Like, <laughs> nice. Right, right now, and it's kind of all me, but mm. again, if you tell that to an outside person, it sounds like a lot, but when... It's just, when it's your baby, it's fun. Every little aspect, every moving piece is fun to be a part of. Mm, right. So, we'll see. I mean, I hear, and like, I get when you love it, it's it's doable. <clears throat> but I imagine when those big orders come in, mm-hmm. um, if it's just you, there's there's got to be a lot of time management and energy management skill that goes into the process. Yes. Uh, actually, recently... I had a situation because I'm in South Florida and it was some a friend of mine whose event that I go to, it's a monthly event mm-hmm. and it's been the last two years that I've gone to it where everything, every business relationship that I have has spiraled out of this event. So I'm very strict about blocking my schedule for it. So, but she called me on Monday and the event was on a Wednesday, and she needed 80 boxes, mm. 80 of our gift boxes, wow. which is 100, 160 brownies. And I had no problem doing it. I said, yeah, of course. And so I got the order late Monday, and I did it all on Tuesday. So it was about five hours of baking. And then I braked, did other stuff, and then at night, I packed everything up. So... It's discipline, it's time management, but again, when you when it is just you, you've developed such a system and such a flow with mm-hmm. what you do, it's, you kind of just spinning through the kitchen, you know, right. like a, yeah. like a little <laughs> now, tornado. Yeah. I know like a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show, <laughs> I mean, you know, some of them deal with inventory, <clears throat> but a lot of them are, um, you know, information products, services, things like that. Part of this also is inventory management. Because like mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to basically be a good guesser to an extent about the ingredients, or you have to have easy access to those ingredients whenever you need to get them. Has mm-hmm. that ever been a challenge? Or is that something where where you're located, you just have easy access to whatever you need and, and you've got a good system in place for that also? <clears throat> a little bit of both, actually. Because I have my I'm lucky that where I am, I'm I'm close to uh I'm close to two wholesale stores, Costco and BJ's. So getting the ingredients isn't, you know, a big issue for me, luckily. But sometimes you think you've measured out everything. Because mm-hmm. I have I have my inventory where I have my bowls, where each bowl is a pan. And a whole pan makes bakes like anywhere from 9 to 22 brownies, uh, depending on the cutter that I use. But a lot of times I tr- I've learned how to keep my ingredients uh, 
stocked up to overflow to not have that problem that I have had where I'm in the middle of baking and I run out of chocolate. I'm in mm. the middle of baking and I don't have enough eggs and I have to like turn off stuff to go get, to go restock to come back and bake. So again, it's one big learning process mm. and you learn how to be more prepared and efficient to you rather have an abundance of things you're not going to use than be in the middle of production and you don't have anything and you run right, out right. of stuff. And if I'm so, mistaken, you've been doing this for like about five years now, right? Four years, yes. Four years. Okay. Yeah. And you're fifth year now. And I guess you've, you've learned enough lessons the hard way that it becomes a seamless piece of everything. Exactly. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you because, you know, we were chatting and doing, you know, Facebook Messenger and I was asking questions about like the process of, getting your stuff for a friend and it seems to me also like you have because you have this level of direct involvement when someone like has a request about functionality for the website or options or things like that it's like you're getting this direct feedback and my understanding is i mean obviously within reason as long as it makes sense and as long as it's kind of like in your wheelhouse you're implementing changes you know giving the ability for people to write custom cards on more products and things of that nature uh, talk about a little bit about that. Like how many, how many people come to you with stuff and how much can you actually implement for them? It's funny because I say my customers grow my business because I'm just one person and one brain. And until somebody continuously asks me if I have vegan or gluten-free brownies, I'm not vegan and I'm not gluten-free. So that's not on my brain to implement. But if there's demand for it, you know, I have the means to make the adjustment because at the essentially I'm at the top. And right now we're small enough where, you know, when you message us for information, for questions, I try to be as uh, instant as possible. I was joking with my mom just yesterday. I'm like, I'm the customer service rep too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, if people have questions, I don't want those questions to linger and the impulse dies. You know, that's, kind of my thought behind that and if I can help it if I can like for example if uh if there was there was enough demand for vegan and gluten-free brownies so I did my research on what I would need to do to implement that and it's actually not that hard so it's like I want to cater to as many people as I possibly can Mm -hmm. without stinging on quality and without jacking up prices so how can I do that and so I try to serve as many people as possible and again with you know i think it was you that asked me about doing custom messaging for the bites boxes and sure enough i i made this little tweak because a lot of a lot of little things i can tweak right away and it's not a big issue mm-hmm. and that same afternoon you asked me i had two orders for bites boxes that people had little custom messages for right and so, really good timing. It yeah. was good timing. And like I said, it, you guys, my customers grow my business because I'm one person and I learn and I grow through what, uh, what the demand is, what their need is for. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great reminder because you are right now, just from a staffing perspective, small. <clears throat> so you're agile. You, you can make quick decisions you don't have to run it by a committee. You don't have exactly. to think about it. You don't have to have some kind of fact-finding mission. You don't have to worry about other people um, in the company having disagreements and trying to hold up the process. You're just, you're like, okay, I'm the founder. I'm the owner. This makes sense. 
I'm here, I'm moving with it. And then you just move. And then exactly. before you know it, the functionality improves, the user interface improves, the user experience improves, and exactly. the quality even of the, of the products improve as you meet those, demand, those increasing demands with people. Exactly. Mm, I love it. I love it. So everything you're doing here, I mean, you know, you're for someone who's in like just in their fifth year of doing this. I mean, that's, that's young, 20, 23 years old. I mean, you started when you were just a teenager. Mm-hmm. When, when you were starting this, was a decision already made like, yeah, I'm doing this. Or was it more of like a, an experiment of like, let's see where this goes and let's see if I'm really passionate about this. Yeah. Well, it's again, it was falling back on what I've done before. Right. Chocolate was always my go to for a quick buck, whether it was Halloween candy and middle school chocolate bars. And I dabbled in brownies junior year of high school. And I'm going to give you a little quick backstory of how we got here. It was Thanksgiving of 2016. And, you know, I'm an instinctful entrepreneur. It's just who I am. There's certain things where my brain doesn't you know it's just different from everybody else's but as you get older you kind of have to really grow thick skin to continue that entrepreneurial journey Mm -hmm. if you will because it's cute before you're 18 and then you're 18 and it's not so cute anymore it's like you're supposed to like you know hit a reality wall or something like that whatever you will But it was Thanksgiving of 2016, my best friend's cousin and I were talking, and she was just asking me what I was doing, what I was up to. I was like two years into college at that point, or two years out of high school, whatever it was. And I'm like, I responded shy, saying, well, I want to own my own business. She's like, great, what are you doing about that? I said, well, I kind of sold brownies in high school. She's like, great, you still doing that? I said, no. She's like, why not? And I didn't have an answer for that. And that was the first person that was actually excited about me starting a business. I never talked about it. I never sounded enthusiastic. I was shy about it. I was like a closeted entrepreneur in a way, even though since I'm a kid, I have a reputation for, you know, wanting to sell everything just to make money. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of when I was 18, I wanted to start a clothing line and I listened to too many people, too many voices were in my head and it never got off the ground because I let so many voices talk me out of it, right? So many voices were telling me this and that and the production was too much and this and that. But at the end of the day, I let too many people in to my head. Mm. Brownies was a thing I had done a little bit in high school. It was chocolate. You know, I knew chocolate. And it was a business that I could start. And I didn't have to rely on anybody. I could just bake the brownies and sell them. Mm. And then two weeks, two weeks later, I tested the idea out on a family friend who is still a regular to this day. And he didn't have as much confidence in what I was selling him. He just did it to be nice. And... It ended up being a giant hit, and his the people he would give them to got addicted, so he kind of got stuck <laughs> in a way. And so, you know, it, brownies was a business that I can start and grow on my own. 
Mm. Not that I, you know, want to continue this on my own because then I'm just a small business and that's just not clearly if you can see my background, I'm not a small thinker. Right. <laughs> right. So at some point, eyeing people on my team, you know, I don't look at it as hiring people or hiring employees. I look at it as adding another pair of hands to my team. Mm-hmm. And every single pair of hands, I understand the labor. I understand the process. And so I appreciate every little help I get. But at the end of the day, it's not just going to be me forever. Yeah. Hopefully not even just, not, hopefully not even soon, I can start adding that second pair of hands. Yeah. An extra piece that's occurring to me as we talk about this is when you add to your team, it's mm-hmm. going to be very clear for you very early how good someone is, <clears throat> how hard of a worker they are, because you've done all the jobs. So you know all the mistakes. You know when something is growing pains. You know when something is them just learning versus not really trying or versus not being committed. You can kind yeah. of spot those tells. I think it's a very important thing. You know, not all entrepreneurs have the luxury or the ability to be in all parts of their business early on. So they can't spot that. But it sounds like, you know, at the very least, because you're doing so much right now, you have that luxury. Yeah, I think, you know, I know a lot of bakers, but that doesn't mean because you're very skilled at something that you necessarily have the, how do I say this? The internal infrastructure Mm -hmm. to grow a business, right? You're very skilled at baking and you're probably better than me. But that doesn't mean you want to take on the burden of a whole business. But keeping that in mind, I want to hire people that love to bake, right? I want to hire people that are better bakers than me, Mm. that just don't want the burden of a whole business on their shoulders. And so adding people on my team, I would, the, the start of that is, do you love to bake, right? Wow. Why do you love to bake? What have you baked before? Because the process and the system I have in place now, being a one woman production, it's easy to just say, these are our bowls. Each bowl goes for a pan. We have everything stacked and shelved. You literally just have to take it, put it in the bowl, mix it, melt the chocolate, throw it in the like all the the process is kind of laid out already. It's just a matter of when that person does come on, it's easy to show them the ropes. Mm-hmm. And if you love to bake, it will make both our lives more fun. Because I have a lot of, I also have a lot of fun in the kitchen, right? right. I love having my headphones on and I'm in my zone. I would want anybody on my team to enjoy it like I do. Yeah, so, it shouldn't be a chore for them. It should be something where they're actually li- like enjoying the entire process. Exactly. Right the way. Exactly. So, you know, having hiring people, I want to hire people that love to bake, that I can just show them the ropes. Our system's already done for you, and let's just have fun, mm-hmm. right? So being in all those moving pieces on my business allows me to easily show people this or show people that. But I also don't want to just hire people off the street just to hire people for helping hands. I want, you know, people that love it like I like I've grown to love it. Right. Got it. So I mean obviously part of this is, you know, the question of, you know, are you coming up with, you know, new selections, new options? And 
Like, where where did you begin here? I mean, did you come up with your own recipes? Did you have to do research? Were they in the family? Like, how did you get that part of the business set in place from the very beginning? I started just baking plain brownies. Mm. <laughs> and it's funny when you're trying to keep a regular customer from getting bored. That's where your creative juices really seem to come out because it's like okay what do i have to do to keep him buying because you can only buy plain brownies for so long right so i started doing research and playing with you know different flavors different ideas and i have the original four like i like to call them i don't even you have the classic brownies but then i have my original four of that deviated from plain which was walnuts salted caramel cheesecake and red velvet so those i've kind of had as i add new flavors in my brain those are the original four mm-hmm. and i've added seasonal flavors we have our pumpkin we have our peppermint i have a a s'mores one where it's you know marshmallow frosting with chocolate chips on it uh for my 24th birthday back in march i released two i released a confetti brownie with the sprinkles and your choice of lemon or strawberry frosting. And St. Patrick's Day is like a week after my birthday. Mm. So I, re- I released our St. Patrick's Day flavor then. So it's kind of, again, rolling through the year, trying to keep people interested. You try to get as creative as possible. And you just, I like to say I roll with it. Yeah, yeah. And just, I kind of go as I, I make them as I go. I don't necessarily have things planted in my brain but ideas pop up all the time and I play with every idea and only after a certain amount of time that I fed them to you know my regular he's at the point where he doesn't care as long as I mix them up Hmm. and so he's kind of like my guinea pig where he lets me be his guinea pig obviously um and test new flavors and he loves that testing new flavors because he doesn't want to keep nobody wants to keep buying the same plain thing Mm -hmm. so nice so um are these things that you come up with yourself or do you get like requests so people like hey can you please make a pumpkin flavor like you get requests from people that helps you make this decision or is this just all you experimenting both Mm, okay. People ask me about, you know, marshmallows or chocolate chips, and I've played with different marshmallows. I've played with ideas. I know what bakes good, what doesn't. So, mm-hmm. and some ideas, it's just me seeing stuff in the store, passing stuff, passing different toppings, different colors. I'm like, let me just play with this. And yeah. if I like it, if other people respond to it, eventually I add it to the menu, but I don't add it right away. Right. Like, I like, I'll give you an exclusive this summer. I'm releasing our coconut flavor. Nice. I've never, I've never actually released it. I've had it and I've baked it. So I know, you know, which version is better to put out there. But it's after a long, a lot of trials. Like I started, when I started the business, I didn't tell anybody else for six months. Mm. I serviced that one customer, playing with different flavors, just playing around until I, re- I told people I like launched it officially. Mm. Like I started back in December of 2016 playing, but I didn't launch it officially till like July of 2017. Right? So I'm very, not analysis paralysis, but I like to make sure I got the process down. 
mm-hmm. do people like it before I officially put it on the menu? Right. Now, obviously, you know, we, we, as we spoke here, <clears throat> you're agile, you, you know, you can make moves, you can experiment. Have you got to the point where you're experimenting even like the, the size portions? Like, is there, and has there been like a massive jumbo brownie that you just put out if people almost want to treat it like a cake or something? I haven't done that yet. And I think you just planted that in my head. Mm-hmm. I think it tends to be with my different packaging, right? Mm. So I have my bites boxes. I have my executive boxes. I have our gift boxes and our little golden boxes that are better for events. Or now I have them in like little golden towers, mm-hmm. but they're all different sizes. So not one, cause I, I have my cutters that I keep the sizes consistent, but one cutter doesn't fit this box. Like the cutter that I use for our bites box that I cut the brownies in little cubes, that cutter doesn't work for my executive box. Mm-hmm. So again, playing with uh, different packaging based on sometimes what people want or, or different or elevating what we already do that results in me figuring out, Oh, if I use this cutter, I get more brownies out of a pan. Right. So I've played with it. I've, you know, tested out different ideas. Some cut better than others. Um, but I haven't done a jumbo brownie yet. So yeah, I'm, I'm no expert. So take what I say with a grain of salt, but if you have a certain one or two flavors that you get a lot of demand for and a lot of sales, yeah. It might be an indicator that you'd experiment with something like that and see how it goes over. You might be pleasantly yeah. surprised. But again, you know better than me. That's just me going off intuition. Well, I think it's fun taking a bunch of ideas and throwing stuff at the wall, like I said, and just seeing what looks good. Mm-hmm. Again, because I'm very picky on that, too. Like, I took off our classic brownie, our plain brownie, for a while because it just didn't look like I wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, I didn't have a plain brownie on our menu. And then I figured out how to shave off the top so it looks better. And it doesn't look like this cracked thing that some second grader baked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's saying? all about the presentation, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny, even like hearing you talk, like I'm, I'm come up with all these ideas that I'll just, after we um, hit the stop button, I'll throw them at you. Cause I don't know which ones you want to use, but um, it's clear though, because you're so agile, there's, there's so much possibility here, which is awesome. I'm wondering with all those requests that have come in, which one surprised you the most? Um, well, actually, you know, there's, Maybe our gold brownies, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Our gold brownies, you know, I got the, I got the idea when I for my twenty first birthday because I went to this restaurant where they had a big money cake, and it was like this. It was gold flakes, and the bar of ice cream was a solid gold brick, and my brain couldn't just eat a cake and go home. Like I had to go home and see how I could make this into a brownie, and. <laughs> It took me like two years before I figured out a right way to do it. And people were, you know, critiquing. People were like this, or why don't you paint it? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And going through trial and error, it it gets you to a place where it's like, oh, that was going through that trial and error 
and listening to different ideas you never know what idea is gonna work yeah you know you know i had with my sprinkles running baking the sprinkles they look good but then they cut terribly right so i had to figure out how do i get the sprinkles to stick because people are complaining the sprinkles are falling off and it actually it became a better idea because now you have the option of strawberry frosting or lemon frosting mm. and that wouldn't have happened if baking them worked right if they stuck on right and so you know different ideas little tweaks like marshmallow brownie or marshmallow frosting well the marshmallows don't bake as well and they come out weird looking but a s'mores brownie with the marshmallow frosting on it and chocolate chips actually tastes better you have more in that one bite and it and it looks better mm. so nice. you know different flavors trial and error and again i love all ideas because you never know what's going to be successful what's yeah. going to you know work i have two different flavors of pumpkin because some people don't want cheesecake mm -hmm. and so like why don't you just do a pumpkin spice and i did a pumpkin spice i'm like oh my god so you know it's just again my customers challenge me they grow the business for me i'm just a vessel that bakes the brownies mm. Love it. So we've spoken, obviously, about the, the operations aspect, and we've spoken about the creative aspect. <laughs> Diving into the, the marketing aspect, um, what, what, what do you find yourself doing that's like working, that clicking, that really resonates with, with your product and how it connects with people? Is there anything that you're doing that you think, okay, I'm, I'm glad I made this decision, or this is a really good move? In terms of marketing, you said? Mm-hmm. Well, I think what I've learned is putting, and this is probably what I'm going to capitalize on going forward, is putting myself as the ultimate, not just poster person, but actually testimonial, right? So little, little fun videos of showing people different ways to eat the product. You know, having fun with it, throwing it up in the air, catching it in my mouth, like just being myself. And, you know, if I'm because a lot of times when I cut the brownies, I'll have a little like edges left over. Well, that's what I get. That's what the owner gets. The owner gets the scraps. Mm. And so if I have a plate of scraps and I'm having coffee or I'm having chocolate milk or I'm having a drink, because sometimes, you know, having a drink with brownies is actually really good. Mm -hmm. And showing people different ways to, different ways I'm having my own brownie. It kind of like, oh, it's not just buying it in a box and, you know, I have to finish the whole thing. Or different fun ways of sharing it with people. Ultimately, putting myself in the hot seat and being myself mm -hmm. in terms of how I enjoy the brownies. And... It's better than just taking a picture right. and making your mouth water because that only lasts for so long. Yeah. But if you have you know, <clears throat> the visual, like for Valentine's, I wanted to do something fun. I have a sense of humor. So I went to the dollar store and I got like those um, red like tablecloths. I got everything for a dollar actually, like from the dollar store. I found the one rose that they had and I had some different Valentine's uh, 
orders already. Well, not, well, not orders. I had them uh, before I boxed them up. So I boxed them up for myself. Mm-hmm. And I did a fun little video of, you know, roses or brownies. I threw the roses away and I took the brownies. And then I had a little thing where I had an executive box or bite spots because a lot of people, they don't want to buy a whole box <clears throat> for themselves, but they could buy a bite box for themselves, right? So throwing away the executive box and keeping the bite box for myself and having fun stuffing my face with brownies, mm. I get a lot of good, a lot of good feedback, a lot of fun feedback on that video, and right. I sold a lot. And I sold not only more than I did last year, but new customers. Right. So right. yeah, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you here is that basically your marketing strategy is the infusion of genuine fun. And if it's yes. fun and it works, and it's um, you know I don't know if interactive is the right word, but certainly. Um, it's something that people can really connect with. That's the direction you like going in because that's the whole point of the food. The food's supposed to be a really good visceral experience for them anyway. Exactly. And I think that's at the core of this business, uh, at the core of what I love to do is just genuine fun. Mm. Like It doesn't have to be serious. It's brownies. <laughs> like, you know, and uh, and like you said, interactive. Right, showing people different applications. Like the other day, I posted a box and I put the little emojis, mm-hmm. like you know, little house emoji, mm-hmm. the little key, and the little key emoji. I put those in the middle row of the box, and I said, "Hey, realtors, like this? If this would be a fun way to put the a new homeowner's key in the box." Mm-hmm. And I posted it and I sent it to all my realtor friends and their response was like, that's such a good idea. I didn't even think about that. I was just talking about these brownies the other day. And, you know, the more you show people how they can have, you know, different ways to enjoy what we have, it kind of gets something. Oh, so it's not just for this year. So it's not just for gifts. You know, I can order what I can order one kind of box for a gift and I can order a bites box for myself. Mm. And because of the shelf life, I don't have to stuff my face because they're going to go back. Right. So interactive application, genuine fun. That's I love it. It's so interesting because I hear you talk about this stuff and all these ideas that may be good or maybe bad <laughs> pop into my head. <laughs> Because there's so many possibilities. Like, what, what was the, um, you said you have a guinea pig. Um, you, you lovingly called him that. What, what's his first name? Frank. Frank? Yeah. So, like, if, again, call this a good idea or a bad idea. Like, I wonder if he has a suggestion of a flavor he wants to try. And then you could, like, name it the Frank. I wonder, if, like, around Halloween, you have your own special with Jart Chocolate. And you call it the Black Cat. You know, yeah, K-A-T yeah. for your name. I yeah. hear you talking about edges. I wonder, because you say sometimes those aren't good. But, I mean, they're still good tasting. I wonder if those could be used as like an adjunct or almost like a garnish as around like larger stuff or something like that. I see, like, I hear you talking about this. It sounds like really cool because you have so many possibilities in front of you and how you can make the the food and the enjoyment of it such a visceral, engaging experience that people not only will enjoy for themselves, but will, they'll want to share it. They'll want to gift it to other people. And by the way, this was my impression. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the feeling that I got um, going through your website it's almost like seemed like it was an invitation to get them as gifts. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like get one for yourself also, but it seems like it's on, like leaning in this direction. This is going to make a great gift for you to give to somebody else. 
Yeah, you know, there's we have different flavors, different kinds of packaging for mm. that because I think nobody. I think the first way to introduce something to somebody may not be for themselves all the time. Mm. It's, you know, if I have a birthday coming up or if I have this event or that event or, you know, if I want to send this to somebody real quick, that's their first, uh, their first experience with us is a gift, right? And it's like, okay, I give it to somebody. Let me get something for myself now right mm. in my next order and the next order is okay wait i want this one and this one and let me send this one to that person right so we try to again show you every idea of a gift right whether it's a little bites thing whether it's whatever and you, you can have your own fun yourself right yeah, for sure so we want it to be inviting, like which I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that's your your experience because I'm big on experiences in general in life. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything should be an experience. Like why not? Whether it's this or that or brownies, you know, and I think that is why one of the distinguishing things with us, if you want to compare us to anybody else, is I want you to feel the experience mm-hmm. of you know just from the site to the ordering to the custom messaging, you know, that's experience is what people come back for. Got it. Cool. Love it. So we're, we're almost done here. A couple more questions. Um, first one, just, I want to ask like, you know, as you've done this, what in your opinion is the biggest business or marketing life lesson that you've learned throughout this process of, of building your company in this way? I think if I had ideas of I think people get stuck when they want to start a business Mm -hmm. on all these ideas and what when I say ideas I mean you know they feel like they have to have all these flavors at once or they feel like they have to have all the packaging figured out my favorite story to joke about or my favorite thing to joke about is our evolution of packaging because I kid you not I spent let's call it $15 on the initial ingredients for my first $40 sale. And you know what that $40 sale was on? Hmm. A, do- a dollar store tray and wrapped in cling wrap. Hmm. A dollar store tray and cling wrap. There's so many people that will not start because they don't want to start like that. Right. And I get all these notifications, these uh, memories pop up of different uh, uh, packaging memories. And one came up the other day. It was like a white box, a white cake box from, uh, I think it was Michael's. Okay. And I wrote Devour Sweets in a Sharpie Sharpie marker. Okay. That box got shipped to Chicago and that box got delivered. It looked... I don't know where the gre- where it looked greasy. It looked nothing. <laughs> Wasn't your best presentation work? In other words, I think I think the dollar store tray looks better. Mm. To be honest with you, but people get hung up on, you know, at, they feel like they have to be at point Z before getting through ABC, mm. right? And if I was like that, if I didn't just start, I don't think I would be I think I'd be kicking myself if I have to oh I have to I don't even think I'd even start 
because that was my big thing too with my first business that never went anywhere it was all these ideas and all these you know barricades I put in front of myself that I couldn't start right I just started this business with a dollar store tree and clean wrap okay mm. I, I don't even remember and that was a 40 dollar order I would not pay four dollars for that to be honest but keeping yourself you know you have to have a business plan you have to have this you have to have that I need to get incorporated I need to have a business plan I need to have all these flavors set up right I started with one flavor and then I grew it to four and I don't even know we have different flavors and different seasons and you know I keep growing but I take it as I go Mm. I don't put too much thought into it I love ideas I'm a creative person right so I love creating new things and I was never in the kitchen before this don't get like (laughs) I'm still not that much in the kitchen to be honest if it's not for brands Mm -hmm. but I love creating right but if I kept myself from doing things because I felt like I needed to have a business plan I needed to have this I needed to be incorporated I needed to you know what if I need to do a storefront what if I just do a storefront like everybody else well I still tell people to this day that storefront will come when we're an established brand and it's little boutiques in select locations, mm. right? Because when the pandemic hit a month before everything shut down, I did a pop-up at a sweet shop in Miami. I don't know what that sweet shop is doing right now. Right. And around that time, I was getting a lot of like pushback from people that were like, you should open a store. You should open a brick and mortar, this and that. I thrived because I was online. I thrived because people can place an order. People can hit me up and text me and whatever and come pick up their order. They don't have to. I didn't have to worry about an overhead of a store. I didn't have to worry about that. And some people's first thought is a brick and mortar. Mm. Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar is going through a slow, painful death. (laughs) And I told my friend the other day, I would rather do an app long before I do a store. Mm. Because I want the convenience. I want the I want to elevate the experience before committing to something like that. So I think people block themselves with all everything that they feel like they need to have. Got it. Got it. Just cool. start. Just start and roll with it. You'll figure it out. That's Love my it. that's what I tell everybody. Love it. Cool. So um if people want to check out, you know, this this awesome operation you've got going on, where should they go? They can go right to our site if they want, mm-hmm. devoursweets.us. Um, and our social is at the bottom of the page. So whether you love Instagram or Facebook, um, if you want to go to our Instagram, devour.sweets, and uh, connect with us there. Awesome. Awesome. And last question. I, I know you just gave an insightful answer to just, you know, business advice for people, but let's get a little bit more for you now. Like if you can go back, five or 10 years in the past and give that younger version of yourself any kind of advice. It could be business advice, it could be life advice, whatever. What would that be? Don't listen to anybody. <laughs> I think, I'm serious. I, not, not in a way of, I don't love your ideas. I mean, don't let too many voices in your head scare you. Mm, keep your own counsel. If I could have told my 18-year-old self that, I probably would have had a clothing line instead of a brownie business. Now everything happens for a reason. Mm. And I like to say nothing completely dies. I always put it on the shelf because you never know when I'm going to take that down. 
And now that I've met so many different people, that clothing store might do better. But if I could tell my younger self anything, just trust yourself. Mm. Because I went through, I started it around 20, I'd say, the brownies. If I, I would have had two years if I started 18, right? But I didn't trust myself. I didn't, I thought everybody else knew better. And it just scared me. And so just don't listen to anybody mm. and trust your own self. Got it. I'm, I'm guessing Frank is a little relieved that you held off on the clothing line just for now. So you can <laughs> yeah. continue to be the guinea pig in the meantime. And uh, Kat, before we run off, I, I understand you've got um, a little awesome perk for, for listeners to shadow, shadow the mold um, regarding if they do want to check out Devour Sweets, right? Yes. So for the special listeners of this fun interview all you have to do for 20 percent off your first order is use the first three letters of angie's name k-a-p you put those in and you get 20 percent off your order awesome thank you for that perk i'm hoping some of my listeners will, will take advantage of that so again guys discount code k-a-p cap um in honor of my last name as it appears on the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read uh cat yeah. this has been really awesome thank you so much for for sharing your story and for sharing your vision and for sharing your business insights as being like a one woman show and, and explaining all the moving parts and how you stay agile, how you keep your own counsel, but you're also letting the customer help guide you in terms of what's going to be good for the business and how you basically keep that balance. Thank you so much for sharing today. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you again, Kat. That was a really interesting, really awesome interview. Guys, again, you've got that discount code uh, courtesy of Kat when you go to the Devour Suites website. And uh, I have a funny feeling that anything you order, you will very much enjoy. Um, with that said, before I go, also a quick reminder, if you haven't checked out my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, you can just feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com or you can check out my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Cap. And if you haven't subscribed to this show yet, just pull out your phone, hit that subscribe button right now. Also, while you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review and stay tuned. We got some more awesome guests on the way very, very soon. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.